Hey Nick, how's it going? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Martin. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Good. Had a good week. week. Yeah, yeah. It's not been bad. Not been bad. How about you? You've changed your tune since uh, when did we last? When did we speak on text message or Skype? It was Tuesday, wasn't it? Uh, yesterday, probably Wednesday. So right. <laughs> even closer than that. Well, there you go then. Yeah, no, I'm feeling. The sun right. is shining today. Know, birds are that's, singing. That's part of it. I think it is a really nice day. It's funny. Last week you could hear the rain on the podcast last mm. week. It was pissing it down last week, and this week it's it's glorious. Yeah, wonderful. Great. So, what have you been up to? Well, first one, big thing. I got my life insurance sorted out yesterday. Oh, wow. So, I'm now covered. So, this is probably... I've been having conversations with my friend I play golf with, James, for probably two or three months. Because yeah. he found out I don't... He's an independent financial advisor. He found out I don't have life insurance. Obviously, with Isabel, that's a bit of an issue. And yeah. so, Bootstrap for Kids podcast, they were talking about it, weren't they? They were, yeah. Um, the last one that just came out about some guy who was shoveling snow off his roof or something, had a heart attack and yeah. died and Oof. didn't have any life insurance. He's left a young family and so on. And I think Breck was saying that uh, it's very irresponsible if you don't have life insurance yeah. if something happens to you. So, I thought, well... I don't want something to happen to me and everyone then think I'm irresponsible and not be able to do anything about it. So I better get it sorted out. So apparently I'm insured now. So oh, good. that's good. Was it a painful process or was it okay? No, no, no. It took an hour and a half. Did you use a broker or something or did you just do it direct? Uh, well, James is an independent financial advisor. Right, so you went so through him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he kind yeah. of brings up all the options and what he can go for. And so good. So. I need to do that, to be honest. So both Sophie and I are covered now. So if anything had happened to us, Isabel to have money to help her through and brilliant and so on it's the right yep. thing to do it is yeah um so that's the big news other than the little news is i don't know if you saw you, oh, you don't get notifications do you, from discuss no i don't i registered the account so do you remember uh, like the third episode i was talking about nigel mansell's grand prix on the spectrum yeah What's yeah okay someone posted a link in the comments oh wow to a, a link of it where you can play it in the browser through like an emulator thing. Oh, wow. So I was playing it the other day. Fantastic. Uh, Lee Ball is his name. So right. thanks so much, Lee. Yeah, I was cheers, living Lee. my childhood the other day. I'll share, I'll share the link with you afterwards. Yeah. Or if anyone, everyone wants to play Nigel Mansell's Grand Prix, the Spectrum 128K <laughs> or 48K version, then check the comments of episode three and uh, <laughs> it's listed there. And I assume, I've not checked, there must be loads of other Spectrum games you can play through, yeah, I'm through sure the browser as well. So yeah. you don't even have to download anything. It's pretty That's fantastic, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. So how about yourself? Yeah, yeah, it's been a, um, what is, I mean, like you say, a bit depressed yesterday, depressed is too strong, a bit down yesterday, but um, it's been it's been a good week. I've got loads, loads done freelancing-wise. I mean, it's still in that kind of swapping over from one project to another. And um, unfortunately, you know, the, the previous project that I was supposed to be giving up, there have been quite a lot of issues found with it and stuff. Not necessarily... Um, it's, it's a long story, but there's been quite a lot of issues, so I've been doing a lot of work on it, and um, and it's made it a bit harder to get everything else done. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's been a tough week, but it's been it's been good. I've, I've been making good progress. I got the um, last week we were talking about for joined up data. I was going to run some ads against some a landing page about importing data and yep. uh, preparing the data for import. So I've been doing that, and that's um, I started that on Monday afternoon, I think. Yeah, Monday afternoon. So it's it's kind of what I expected, really. The, the, the keywords that actually get traffic were really generic. And so um, I've been trying to refine them, but there's not a lot come up that, that you know looks like it will bring decent traffic. But anyway, just to give you the stats, 7,500 impressions with a 0.3% click-through rate, 23 unique visits to the site, and only two of them clicked to go to the checkout page right but they're never completed from the checkout page so 
you know, it's uh, no sales. It's kind of, yeah, I don't know. Because it's, it's so generic, the keywords, it seems like it's going to be difficult to find anybody that way. Mm. I did get one email contact from, I've got a chat app on, on there. Um, on, the, on the website and obviously when I'm not logged in to the WordPress dashboard it's sort of send us an email yep and I got one email contact from that wow so I replied to the guy but no reply so right can you not find out his phone number from his name and email address really? it's a Google email address right so it's not you know it's just a bit, a bit random really so it could be anything so yeah so um, kind of as I, as I expected that's all I've really had time to do this week on joined up data and uh, so I did promise a go no go decision right um, and I'm a bit late with that and I've not done as much on it as I was hoped to get to this point I mean I'm feeling at the moment that it's probably a on hold slash no go sort of thing I'm going to leave the site there I'm not, mm. not going to take it down or anything like that I may even change it from just being about merging Excel spreadsheets to data integration which is kind of the, the big idea of the product if it got out there just to see yeah what happens because of that um yeah and i was kind of thinking that you know um just looking for the future and what's next and all that sort of stuff if i'm not going to be working on it as a as a main sort of side project i kind of thought well we've talked before about what what it is it i'm going to do next or mm. what i want to do next i haven't got the big idea or i haven't got something that i want to target um so I might just spend a few weeks, maybe the rest of this month, doing um, just some coding, you know. So yep. <laughs> having a bit of fun with it rather than uh, rather than worrying too much, because I think that's what's what the problem. What for me anyway? I, I kind of get absorbed in this thing. I need to have something to do. I need to have. I need to be working forward towards this, and and it it gets you down, you know. Mm. The past week, I've been sort of doing this import. AdWords thing and I've been trying to think about the next thing and trying to force myself into something and it's just been stressful if, yeah, you know, yeah. at the end of the day and it's been driving me mad and kind of yesterday after speaking to you on text on the on the messaging and stuff I was um, I, I went and sat down had some lunch and I was just thinking about it I thought you know just sod it why don't I just <laughs> do some coding for a while just get, get my mojo back so to speak yeah. and then maybe something will come from that and so I thought if I work on joined updater coding wise I'm using the QT framework which is something I'm, I like and I potentially could go down something down that route so perhaps I'll just do that and see yeah. how things go with that Have you um, been listening to the Zen Founder podcast? I listened to a couple of episodes so It's Rob Walling and Sherry Walling isn't it? Yeah, She's I don't the listen clinical to psychologist and he's the founder yeah. one and it's really interesting because I was listening to it yesterday and the kind of topic came up yesterday in, I think it was episode four, because I'm kind of listening to the back catalogue. Right. It's a Q&A one. I don't know if you've heard it. I've only listened to the first two, I think. So right, I so you've got to listen to episode four, because it was kind of listener questions, I think, or when uh, Rob did the Bootstrap IO, asked me anything, he took right. the best questions of that, and they talked about them on the podcast. Mm. And so one of the questions was about what to do when your startup fails. Right. And so I thought, because this topic might come up, <laughs> I thought, wow, this is, I can give some advice around this. I listened my, to my I've counseling listened, session. I've again. listened to the clinical psychologist. So this is a, <laughs> so you're an expert. no, no, no. So it's really interesting because, uh, Sherry Walling was saying, and again, she's a clinical psychologist. So yeah. she was saying that, you know, you put so much heart and effort and all that kind of stuff into an idea that when you decide to kind of fold it or not work on it, it's almost like agree, you have to go through a grieving yeah. process. Right. And so this is kind of what you've said anyway, but she said, you know, you, you need to take like, perhaps five or six weeks off, mm. you know, actually admit, accept that the idea is gone and you're going to move on. And her advice was not to kind of jump straight onto the next idea. 
right because it's almost like a rebound relationship type thing or rebound idea that you know you'll just yeah. be doing it for the sake of doing it and it's perhaps better just to let you know the dust settle and so kind of my advice to you was going to be you know just for the next five or six weeks two or three months or whatever just focus on the freelancing yeah and at least then like you did before you know you can build up a bit of a cash savings account mm. so that if you did you know have a good idea that you perhaps wanted to focus on full-time you can at least you know perhaps then take two or three months off and focus on it full-time yeah. rather than trying to cram it into spare time and evenings and stuff which that, i can ima- imagine has added to the stress it of, does of it yeah it know. does and I, you're absolutely right and i think um i mean the freelance work is there anyway until end of march at the very least probably yeah. into april the way things are going um so that's there anyway so that's building up like you say the, the war chest um and you're right, and that's kind of what I've what I've arrived at is really I'm not going to stress about it. I probably will still still do stuff in the evenings and weekends, but it's yeah, kind yeah. of well, probably not the weekends, but it's just fun stuff, you know, stuff that I just doesn't have to go anywhere. It's just I'm doing it for the sake of it. Yeah. Rather than so if, if you do if you listen to that podcast, because obviously I will do get any advice firsthand from a clinical psychologist about <laughs> my psycho babble and my interpretation of it. But you know, if you decide that you know you do want to finish on that idea and. You want to go through a grieving process, perhaps, you know, doing any fun coding on it isn't a good idea because you're still right. going to be involved on it. So do something else instead. Have yeah. fun coding or just don't do anything in the evenings. Just do the yeah. freelancing during the day and take a bit of time to chill out, read a few books. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, well, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Need to do something. So how, how did you get on with Golf IO this week? Well, um, there's a, a, a few things I'll come on to first, actually. So, oh, you know, we've spoken about the Miracle Morning stuff before. Yes. Yeah. So I listened to Pat Flynn's podcast that he put out last week right and he went through his morning routine of what he does and it's all quite regimented and uh set in terms of like he'll have a cup of coffee first then he'll do this then he'll do that then and i kind of thought you know there's lots of certain things i want to do in the mornings like yoga or meditating or writing in my journal and so on and yeah. if i list out all these things i can actually figure out if i've got time to do them all and if i haven't you know which are the most important things that i want to get done to have a priority on them yeah because some days i'll have you know, perhaps two hours before nine o'clock to start work and other days when Soph's working and I help her get out of the house and get Isabel out of the house, you know, I have less time because I'm helping, helping mm. her with that. And so I listed down the things and it actually added up to about three hours worth of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not very often I'm going to have three hours yeah, in the morning. To, four o'clock in the morning. I won't be starting work till midday if that's the case. Um, but so, you know, having looked at the things and looked at the priorities, you know, probably the most important things I've picked out is because I'm having issues with hip flexors and lower mm. back pain and stuff is, you know, doing the yoga videos that, right. from YouTube. So I've been doing those all week so far. And that's made quite a big difference, actually. Um, I've not had time to do any other stuff, but, you know, because I've got the most important priority done each morning, um, my back's feeling better. It's really good. Flexible, yeah. so. It's cool. funny, actually, because I sent you a link to those yoga videos, didn't I? Yes, you did. Yeah. And so you started doing, it's this uh, it's yoga, day. yoga with Adrian. Yeah. Um, and so it was a 30-day challenge in January. Yeah. And so you did day one, didn't you? I did day one and, and stopped. And so day one is a lot harder than like the beginner yoga video of hers that I did before. Because oh, really? I did it and it's like 30 minutes long. And I was yeah. like, geez, no wonder. Because I was wondering when you said you were you're like your knees were hurting and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I was like thinking, oh, it's day one. It must be quite easy. Because like, I'd done previous beginner videos of hers. But uh, yeah, it's quite hard actually. It was, it was <laughs> tough, yeah. So, um, but I'm on to day four now. Oh, good. Um, and I'd suggest for you, if you want to, do it again. I do. I'll send you a link to the beginner one because that's a lot. It's right. twenty minutes long, which is I think twenty minutes is like my the thirty minute ones are a bit long for me. That's why we stopped doing twenty it, minutes is like the perfect time for me. And some of the the later videos get down to twenty. They are twenty minutes, right? But the beginning yoga one that she did is quite a little while ago. That's twenty minutes, 
Mm. So that's probably a, it's oh, easier as well to be honest. So it's probably a bit better to do that for a few weeks before. Yeah, <laughs> stretch a few things out first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good. Um, and in terms of golf IO stuff, I guess this is almost similar to you in terms of leading to st- stress around the situation you don't necessarily need. In terms of because I've been doing voucher codes pro and the affiliate marketing stuff during the day, and perhaps mm. trying to squeeze golf IO into the evenings and you know an afternoon here or an afternoon there. Mm. You know, you get to like we said, yeah, you get to tuesday or wednesday and you realize we haven't done anything and we've got a podcast to do on thursday where we're supposed to talk about progress and it's a bit adds to the stress doesn't it so i kind of sat down and thought about it a bit more and um the theory is you you, you work better when you kind of batch the things together don't you so the way i'm going to do it now is working three days monday tuesday wednesday on voucher codes pro and then thursday friday on the golf.io stuff oh, okay um so that allow that give you like give me like two whole days to work on new stuff and new yeah. projects and and it's i guess like the thursday fridays are the projects because you know podcasts are doing that today so yeah sure. um but that means that some of the progress hasn't quite been made that i wanted to talk about this week um but some of the good stuff is i went to see um gavin clark the golf pro i was going to go see yeah went to see him on tuesday and had a real good conversation with him about um you know a lot of the stuff that i feel i can help with are stuff that he could do himself if he was organized enough to but a lot of the golf pros want to be golf pros. They don't want to be mm. marketing people. And a lot of the stuff that he needs to do is marketing stuff, you know. And it was just things like um, a certain, like a process you should follow after a lesson, such as, um, you know, send out an email in two weeks ask, asking how they're getting on and if they want to book a right. follow up lesson. And my suggestion to him is that for every lesson, take a photo and put it on his Facebook page and tag the person in it so they can share it with their friends and like it and so right. on. Um, and so they're things that, again, you can do manually, but I think I can build a process around and, you know, charge a $40 pounds a month, whatever, for a mm. system to do it. Um, so it's good, and I've, I need to follow up with him in, in an email. And the kind of thing I need to say to him is, you know, you need to get out of the mindset of just being a golf professional. You need to be a, a marketeer who just mm. so happens to teach golf. Um, and I've said that I'm going to help him on on no cost basis to see if the things that I'm suggesting he can do do actually increase his bookings because I guess it's a, a case study then isn't it and yeah I can prove to myself that the things that I think will help will help and then build processes around it for for others mm. or pay a monthly subscription hopefully mm, that's interesting um so yeah so that'd be good and the stuff that I'm going to suggest doing again because they're things that you can do manually such as you know follow up with an email in two weeks I'm going to write an ebook about it oh, okay that you know marketing for golf professionals and so on it will have all of this in um but again if they don't they're not gonna have time they won't have time to do it themselves manually everything that i'm suggesting so you know if there's a system which is golf io that mm. can help them do it then uh that will hopefully suck them in and the ebook will be a lead gen type thing so it's really interesting because that's the um that problem in the sort of networking meetings and things i've been to over the years meeting loads of small businesses that are usually just one person mm. maybe made redundant or got into the late 40s 50s and decided to go it alone you know they're doing it what they're doing because they love what they're doing not so much well, this isn't everybody obviously but the, a lot of them are doing it because it's what they love doing and they're good at it but all the marketing and all the rest of it they know they should be doing it yeah. and they want to do it and they're trying to do it but either they're not um that literate at it they're not um th- th- you know they don't really know what to do so they're going on all these seminars and training courses and that you know so that applies to so many different businesses i think yeah. that same model that you're talking about mm. you just have to find them and know you know know a group of them, yep. chuck a net over them, and, and then that's it. Yeah, it's yep. interesting. Um, Sounds good. So that's, again, slightly your meandering path through the golf professional's world of 
you talked about CRM, you've talked about doing the websites for well, this, them. Well, so I guess yeah, this, this is, is the same of kind of thing because it's practice management type thing. Yeah. So it's the whole process of them booking a lesson, having a client profile yeah. and automating that whole follow-up process after, um, mm. you know, giving a lesson to someone. So it is the same idea. It's just the marketing thing is the way that they'll make more money in their business to justify yeah. the cost of $40 or pounds or whatever yeah. a month. And it ties in quite well with the CRM idea, mm. isn't it? Because if, um, <clears throat> you know, I can build this CRM or practice management thing, whatever umbrella I'm going to put over it and say it's going to help organize your life and you'll be more organized, but that doesn't actually give them a, a you know, a cost, mm. a, a dollar increase bottom line of improving their living or making them more money, does it? But if no. I can show how I can increase their bookings from, you know, 10, 10 a month up to 20 a month or something like that, then that's putting money in their back pocket, which will... Uh, Help them pay for the software. Hopefully, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> yeah, but other good stuff that's gone on this week. Um, bit had some good success with Odesk. Oh right. So for the the voucher codes website, we do lots of there's lots of data entry stuff that needs to be done. Yeah. And um, previously we've hired people in and employed them directly. Um, as an experiment, we wanted to try Odesk. Um, and now this isn't. We didn't want to, you know, employ people in the Philippines. Although that option is obviously available mm. um, because it's cheaper. We wanted people in the UK because they're they're doing a bit of deal hunting for us, basically. So they have to know the retailers and the shops and how the shops work and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so we've actually recruited someone who lives quite close, Helena. <laughs> <laughs> but we're using Odesk and uh, it's going really well so far this week. That's really, good. really well. So we've actually put up another advert to hire a couple of other people. Um, cool. And it's hopefully going to help us scale out, I guess. So are they kind of like full time working, or is it three or four hours a day? Right. Because um, so, it's interesting, you know, because you know we're software developers, so data entry, I guess, is never really it's not mm. something that float our boat. No, <laughs> but there are people who love it, and you know, the whole working three or four hours a day. There are people that that suits their lifestyle and what they need to do, whether yeah. it's because they've got kids and things like that that they need to pick up at certain times of school and so on. Um, so yeah, positive stuff from Odes so far, and I kind of forgot I. I I think I knew this happened anyway from previously reading about it, but I didn't realize until I logged into the Odesk kind of management portal that um, Emily, there's a lady who's doing it. She's using the Odesk software that's running in the background when she's working. So it shows the hours and a little graph of when she's online and offline and so yeah. on. And it's ta- it takes pictures of her, yes. her, yeah. her desktop to show what she's working on and stuff. Yeah, I've um, seen that. Which I... I don't care about anyway because we can kind of see from the because it's data entry you can see how yeah. many deals she's added and that kind of stuff anyway. But it's just just interesting. Yeah. I guess another. I've used Odesk a few times and um, well, quite a few times, and I've never used that myself. I know it's there, but I've never used mm. it. I've, like you say, I've always judged on the output basically. And if I'm happy with it, then I'll pay them the money. Obviously. Yeah. Um, how did you find the interviewing process? Did you sort of like do test tasks, or did you just sort of say, well, I like the sound of this person? Well, we said, because Emily's the first person we've taken on, so we said this first week is a test to us, a test week. Right. Um, and then, because, you know, it's an ongoing piece of work, I guess the hours of the work is there as long as she wants it, so mm. as long as this week works. So did you do kind of an interview thing where you narrowed it down to no. one or two people, <laughs> right? Because what I've done in the past, you know, people talk about one of the things... Um, you can do is put at you know the bottom of your job posting you know, please use this word when you reply so that you know that they've read everything and i never used to do that and then I've, i did that in the last few jobs i've done and it's amazing how many people that have got supposedly five star ratings and, mm. and look really great they obviously haven't read the post i think some of them use that. scripts or bots just to yeah. apply for jobs so they know they don't yeah. do that task so that's but really easy to get rid of those people it's interesting because we were a new customer or a new registrant on odesk 
there was um, some onboarding concierge service. So someone actually from Odesk kind of started accepting people or suggesting people and declining right. people who didn't suit the criteria I put down. Okay. Um, so maybe that helped or not. I don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, good it's, it's difficult. So it is difficult. I mean, I, um, I'd usually sort of do that, that secret word thing that they've got to reply with and that narrows down a lot and then get down to four or five and then email, message them all asking some questions like open-ended questions that they have to elaborate a bit on. Yeah. And and even that, you know, some of them come back and goes, well, when you give me the job, I'll tell you the answers. You know, it's like, okay, bye. Well, so they have, um, so they do have open-ended questions that you can add to the job posting right. that they have to write back to. Yeah. But I bet they've got stack, you know, set answers yeah, to yeah, yeah, by now. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I've never, I've never done the actual give more than one person small tasks and see which one's best and go that way, which I think if I had a decent sized bit of work, I'd do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've had fairly good success with it. I've been happy with people I've used in the past. Well. I think for us this time, or just for us, it's worked quite well as well because we've got a process in place already in terms right. of the people that we've employed directly. You know, we've built the process with them while yeah. they've been on board. Yeah. Um, and it's actually come around because um, uh, one of the, the people uh, is leaving on maternity leave. So we, okay. need to, we needed to either, you know, replace her during that paternity period or look at other options so the yeah. other option of you know try perhaps trying out odess this time has come around and so the process is already in place and the you know the admin screens and the process that she has to follow through is all there so um cool yeah oh, that's good that's really good uh that's it for me really i'm on to stuff okay um yeah i mean i there's one thing that, that i've been thinking about a bit recently talking about this coming up with ideas and so on and ideas is that really a good thing um you know, we talked before about an audience and and whether and how having an audience is is obviously a good thing because then you can you can target them in terms of what what are, what do they want, what do they need, and so on. And it's funny. I've been reading a lot of stuff and and listening to podcasts and things and and hearing about ideas and how to generate ideas and all that sort of thing. And um, an and audience is always always comes into it. You know, you need to, to be able to grab a group of people somehow and find out from them what it is and one of the things I struggle with quite a lot is I've got several areas of what I do which um, you know you could sort of say well I'm an ASP.NET developer I mean I <laughs> <laughs> my phone's going off in the Pre background sorry it's not there yeah I was <laughs> trying to work out what it was um, so yeah so ASP.NET developer I do that a lot C++ developer I do a fair bit of that mainly not so much commercially as in for freelancing um, and that's using QT mainly. And then, you know, other potential audiences, you could say, like my clients from um, the freelancing world are generally bigger, bigger companies, you know. Um, so sort of like BAs and solution architects and people like that from those companies that I deal with. But it, it's tricky because you sort of look at the, the natural audience that I could get involved with out of those people. And um, none of them, I'd say, I've got a particularly strong alignment with, you know. So ASP.NET, yeah, I like writing ASP.NET code. I'm pretty good at it, but I'm not an expert. Mm. You know, so I still have to look up quite a bit of stuff from time to time. But I can build you an ASP.NET MVC website pretty straightforwardly. You know, same with the QT, and then the other stuff is is similar. So quite often, when you're trying to think of what's to do next, I'm looking at new areas. You know, and then thinking that'd be great. You know, that they these people accountants for example you know these people must need a solution I don't really know anything about accountants i've got mm. one but i don't need, need really know the their day-to-day -day work um 
So yeah, so I just uh, it's just just occurred to me that probably not a good idea to try and go into one of these new areas because not only they're trying to learn about them, mm. you're also trying to identify what their problems are. So how can you identify the problems before you've actually learned about what they do and, and yeah. got to know them? So it's a massive task just to go into that new area to then find out what the idea should be because the idea theoretically should be find the pain you know and then that becomes it's not an idea as such it's an identification of a pain and you're going to solve it yeah um so yeah so it was a bit of a ramble but <laughs> that's part of the stress i've had this week is I've, I, I think every time i come up with a new idea it's always in an area that um i'm not really that you know au fait with and so mm. it's uh it's probably not a great idea i should probably try to concentrate a bit closer it goes on. back to doing the qt book thing it does yeah that's why i was kind of like thinking that's probably my best option at the moment is to yeah work around that area are you going to do the 30 by 500 course <laughs> this is a big question that's, actually it? that's reading amy hoy's <laughs> stuff and listening to amy hoy's book that's kind of where this this thinking has started to come from about mm. you know not not trying to go for a new area that i don't know very well um i would say i'm 95 to 99 percent sure i'll apply um only because i've read all all of her blog posts and and, yeah. and stuff like that and i just really think it's uh it's good uh, you know what she writes is really good stuff so i'm pretty sure i'll, I'll apply i think they used to have I it's different this time they've sort of reinvented the course so it's more self-paced as, right. as i understand it and um i'm not sure i think they used to have like an application process where they might refuse you um and i'm not sure if they've still got that but i'll probably go for it anyway very cool yeah so i guess do you want to give a quick overview of what it is the 35 30 by 500 course well it's a um it's well it's basically a training course about um, the idea is that you use again an audience that you already have, or I think you leverage the skills that you've already got. Really, mm. so if you're a Ruby developer, you, your Ruby developers are your audience. That's kind of one of the things she talks about. Um, and what they do is they teach you how to research that audience yep. and how to work out what sorts of things those people buy, what sorts of things those people. Um, are struggling with that you could perhaps help solve and all these different things and you kind of get this um this crossover of 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 what the people think what they want what they buy all this sort of stuff and then that's where you drive your product from and then your product fits into into that um and lots of people have done the course i think brennan dunn is a, is a shining example that's mm. done it and there are lots of other examples that they give yeah um i think Generally, I don't think I'm talking out of school. Not talking out of school. I don't think I'm getting this wrong. But um, generally, it's ebooks that people produce mm. as a first product, so yeah. something small, and then from there you go on. Um, it's funny because I, I, I'm 99 percent sure I'm going to apply for the for the process, but I kind of feel like I know it already from all the stuff I've read. Well, it's um, getting down and doing it, though, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It. Exactly. It's getting down doing it and seeing the detail because a lot of the time the devil's in the detail. Mm. Detail is next. Like even though I've read all this stuff and I kind of think I know it. I haven't done it. <laughs> so, you know. Um, yeah, so like I say, 99% sure I'm, I'm going to do that. Cool. Very exciting. So, I think that opens tomorrow, isn't it? Sixth? So, yes, I think it is tomorrow night, yeah. It's tomorrow night in the UK anyway, yeah. Mm. Very cool. Move on to stuff? Yes, go for it. So I've got one thing to mention in stuff, a new app I've been using, 5-Minute Journal. All right. Which you might find interesting because you've been doing a bit of journaling every yeah, now and yeah. again. So it's on an iPhone. It just pops up. Well, you can set when the reminders show up. So at 7 a.m., it pops up saying, what three things are you grateful for? What three things are you going to get done today? Right. And uh, and at 9 o'clock, it pops up another reminder in the evening saying, 
I can't remember what would have made today better or something like that and yeah, uh, fill yeah. it in. It's quite good, actually. That's quite good, yeah. Yeah, focuses you first thing in the morning of yeah. uh, thinking what three things, most most important things you want to get done each day. That I like that idea. That this this thing about what three things are you most grateful for, mm. I, I say, I'm going to say I struggle with it. I mean, there's the obvious things. You know, a smile on your face, so I know it's, it's, it's the it's obvious true, things, yeah. but it just yeah. makes you uh, It's the same every day, though, grateful. generally. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I'll give that a go. I don't know, it's not the same every day because... Sometimes I put about having a great night's sleep because Isabel slept through the night. She doesn't right, yeah. sleep through the night, so it's not always the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm grateful for not having a hangover this morning. There you go. <laughs> cool. Cool. Any stuff? Uh, just the only, uh, the only thing I wanted to talk about was, um, I don't know if you've seen Andy Bryce's latest blog post. No. Google bans hyperlinks. Right. He had his um, AdWords account banned hmm. recently for, I think it was 12 days in the end. Um now, he's been an AdWords customer for 10 years. Mm. His product's been out there for 10 years. He must have spent a lot of money with them, you know, and um, he, he, I don't think his business relies on it, but it's obviously one channel he has to, to sell his product. And um, one day he got an email saying he was banned. And, I mean, I'll put the link to the to the article, to the blog post in the show notes. But basically, he got on. He eventually managed to get in touch with somebody at Google Support. Uh, he was talking to this, to this guy over email. And the, the guy was saying that you can't, Re, I think the term was redirect somebody from your website to another website. Right. Right. Okay. So we all know what a redirect means. But what this guy seems to interpret that as is have a link on your website to another website. Right. And and so he had to remove all links to other websites to get the thing. Uh, <laughs> and this guy, yeah, it's just crazy. And so in the end, he didn't. Uh, he could put the links back because somebody higher up sort of sorted it out and said, "Look, there's been a bit of confusion. Yeah. This guy didn't really understand." Obviously, basically, some Google contractor doesn't understand how the web works. Exactly. Yeah. And but uh... it's frightening when <clears throat> the amount of power he he can wield by yeah. just saying, "Right, you're banned," because I don't understand the rules. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. And um, yeah. So hopefully, I, mean, I think he posted it on Hacker News. I haven't seen it, but. Hopefully Google have seen that now and, and actually do something about it because that yeah. can ruin somebody's business. Wow. There's a bigger conversation there about general search results and uh, penalties and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey-ho. True. Anyway, so I'm done really. That's it. Yep, that's it for me. Cool. All right. Well, uh, yeah, enjoy the sunshine and I'll see you speak again next week. Brilliant. Cheers, man. Cheers, then. Bye. Bye.